Welcome to the Power of Change podcast. My name is Charlie Lloyd. I'm a professional counsellor and online coach. Today we have got Ashley here. How's it going, Ed? Yeah, do you know what? I'm really glad to have you on here because when I when I first met you, like when we first spoke to each other, like your story massively inspired me. So it's a privilege to have you on here. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate the opportunity as well to share the story. That's it, mate. It'd be good for us to have a have a chat and, and to give people an insight on how possible it is to change your life, you know? Yeah, definitely, man. So reflecting back, so what age did you start like becoming like involved in gangs? Like just tell us a little bit about your story. So obviously, um I had a lot of issues from my childhood, kind of just made me angry at the world. Mm. Um so kind of got, got involved with with like older guys. So I'm like 13, 14. Um, but to, to kind of where they're older, just to get the same sort of level of respect, you can't be doing the same things they're doing. You feel like you've got to go one step above. Mm. So kind of just got sort of drawn into that kind of lifestyle. Um, um, yeah, as I said, I was angry. So I was going out there fighting. Um, but people would see that and like, okay, this guy's is going to do things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I kind of, I think when I was mid-14s, robbed my first drug dealer. Um, It literally just kind of, it started off kind of low and then just just kind of progressed. The the more I got involved, the deeper I kind of got. Um, Mm. And then I couldn't really see, it didn't feel like there was a way out. It felt like that that was just who I was now. That was was me. Um, Mm. And yeah, it kind of, obviously the era was from Luton, there was a lot of gangs around um, different parts of Luton. Um, and yeah, just, I kind of, I feel like I was looking for certain things like acknowledgement, respect um, and pride. Like it kind of seems weird to say it now, but the kind of feeling I get now when I go out and help someone, that feeling of pride, I would get that same feeling well, it's a similar feeling. I say this is a better feeling doing something good, but I would get that kind of feeling that I've achieved something if I go out and I, and I rub this person or I beat this person up, I've won, and I feel like that that's made me made me something special. Um, so yeah, just got drawn into that lifestyle um, and just got more and more involved. Mm. Yeah, it sounds to me like you was involved from a very young age. Like you mentioned there, that you 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 robbed your first drug dealer when you was fourteen. Yeah. So how did that feel? Uh, it felt good. It was just, it was a buzz, you know, and I, and I just felt, it just kind of felt like, like I was somebody. Mm. I think, and then the, the kind of respect I got from the other guys that, that I was like chilling with, yeah, it just made me, it did make me feel good. It made me feel like I was something special. Yeah, it must have been tough, like being that age and having to like prove yourself to to like the older, the older lot in the gang. Yeah, definitely. As I said, that like, if I could look at other guys in the gang that were that were older than me that weren't doing the kind of level of things that I was doing, but they were getting that respect, and I just felt that because I was the young guy, um, I just had to felt that need to prove myself, um, and I'd be the one that goes out there and just starts the fights for no reason, like. I'd be the first one over there, like mm. instigating things. But well, I think it's amazing to hear that now you get that same pride feeling from doing something good and helping people laugh. I think that's really nice. Yeah, well, I, I kind of well, when I when I when I talk about, it, I say 
I don't like to say the same feeling. I like to say similar feeling. I think it's so much better. It's, yeah, it's, it's better. It's, it's that same sort of feeling that I'm, I'm getting that same thing that I was looking for, but in a positive way, and it just makes you feel so much better. Like just knowing that you're you're benefiting someone's life instead of taking something away from someone's life. Like mm. you can't put a price in that. So how long did this go on for before um, it came to an end? As I said, but obviously it started at sort of 13. Um, when I was 17, um, I was put in prison um, for GBH and robbery, was given a, a sentence called IPP, which is something that's not actually given out anymore. It's, it's been ruled inhumane and unlawful. Um, but at the time, they were just dishing them out. Um, it was a discretionary life sentence. So they give you a minimum tariff. Um, mine was two years, the minimum, but they could keep you for 99 years. So basically, like, you don't have a release date. Like, they, they decide when they think you're ready to, to, to be released from prison. Um, so obviously, I'm there faced with, when I got put in prison, faced with all those things, like my, my issues from my childhood that I never dealt with, um, that I kind of put off by taking drugs, drinking, getting involved in, in, in that gang culture, which kind of made me not have to deal with things. So put in prison... I, they, obviously, there's drugs and alcohol in prison. Like, mm. obviously, like people do what they're doing in there, but it's not readily available every day. I ain't got the money to to pay for it every day, so I was then kind of forced to 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 face my demons that I hadn't faced, um, and then also having the the potential to spend the rest of my life in prison. Like, you don't know that you're ever getting out. Um, so obviously, that fucked up my head. Um, like, I was in. Uh, a London prison so obviously there was a lot of gangs in it anyway it was quite a violent prison um, but obviously at the time I was a violent person so I was just continue, continuing that behaviour in there I think it was like maybe two and a half three years into my sentence and I was literally it was just like a saying just clicked I was literally sat in my cell one night and I was just literally just sat there and went what the fuck am I doing like, literally, what am I doing? Look at my life. Like, I, I never could have imagined my life was going to go go that way. Um, and then that kind of made me think that I need to sort my shit out. But it's very difficult in there. Like, you're, I feel like in prison, it was... I come in with that, that big bravado, like, I'm the man. So people kind of want to start fights for you to prove something. Then I tried to, um, tried to keep my head down, uh, tried to behave to kind of prove to them so I can get out and sort of start my life. But then if you're seen as like the quiet guy, the little guy, then people will try and bully you. So then you've got to fight to show them that you're not that guy. Um, so it took me a long time to find that balance where I wasn't going to be um, kind of fighting all the time and getting in trouble. But that's kind of when my mental health sort of took a, took a turn. Um, struggling to deal with things like from my past and and the, the current situation of being in prison um I feel like I, I've asked for help multiple times like in the community when I was first got arrested I was under the youth offenders team I told them I needed help with like anger management but they never done anything so I was let down by the system in prison when I started struggling I was asking for help and no one helped um and then it got it just got really bad and I started self-harming Mm. So obviously I was self-harming every day. Um, the the prison officers didn't give a shit. Like they were just 
they put you on an app document just to cover their own asses to say, oh, you know, this has happened. We're watching him sort of thing. I've had prison officers like come past. I'm, I was put in like um, a safety cell. So there's meant to be nothing in the cell. I've had a prison officer walk past and fling a razor blade under the door. Like, mm. go on and do what you're doing. Um, so obviously you kind of felt alone. There was no one there to support me. Um, but I kind of, I kind of plodded along. Like, obviously still self-harming the things, but kind of kept it together. And then I think it was about seven years ago now, um, I'd literally just given up. Like, I thought, I'm never going to get out of prison. I hated myself anyway. Um, didn't think things would get better. So um, I wrote a suicide note to my mum, trying to explain, obviously, why I was doing what I was going to do. Um, telling her I loved her and, you know, just saying I was sorry. So I posted a letter. Um, and it's so obviously in prison, only 5% of letters going in and out of the prison are read. Yeah. So they're all open yeah. to make sure there's no like, drugs or anything in there, but only 5% are read. So I've put, handed it in and then I tore, tore my bed sheet, put it around my neck and kind of jumped. Like, I thought that was it, I'm done. Um, out of pure fucking chance, my letter was one that was read and the, start, like, the officers come running to myself, um, cut me down. They said, like, if they'd been seconds later, like, I wouldn't be here chatting to you now. Mm. Um, so they've, after, as I said, after all that time of self-harming and asking for help, they thought, fucking hell, we better help him now. So I was sent to um, a mental health hospital. Um, and that's kind of, that's when things really took a turn for the better. Um, like, I feel like, number one, I wasn't locked in a cell. I think at night time in prison, you're stuck in that cell on your own with nothing but your thoughts. At least there, if, if I feel shit, I can walk out and go chat to someone. Um, I've done about three years of psychology, um, obviously looking at my issues and, changing the way I thought about them and how I thought about myself. Um, and yeah, like things just started getting better and better. They started giving me um, like like a day release so I can go out into the community. Like um, it's been like eight eight years or something since I'd stepped foot in, in, on the street. Mm. Um, so I started going out there and then managed to find a job where I'm kind of helping people with disabilities or mental health. Um, which I think was the making of me really to, to then start giving something back. Um, I think that, that helped my confidence so much to know that I'm out there doing something good. And as I said earlier, the the feeling, the things that I was kind of trying to achieve from, from committing crime and from getting into to, to violence and stuff, I'm achieving that now, but in a positive way, um, which is, yeah. yeah, it's just incredible. I think that is honestly amazing. But the thing I find that is crazy that you had to get to you to go to that much of a low point like suicide before they even considered to help you and a lot of people yeah. don't realize that the, the help isn't always available you know no I've, but to be fair as well at the same time even when the help is there you need to be at a place where you want you want the help you need to want to change like, yeah if people if people are there trying to throw throw the right advice at you if you ain't ready to hear it like you just need to get to that point yourself but sadly majority of the time it has to get to that that critical point before someone steps up and goes right we'll, we'll actually help you now mm. well they always say once you hit rock bottom that's when you're open to the greatest change so would you say yeah. like when you was found like when you tried to commit suicide would you say 
that was when you was at your lowest point in life. Yeah, that was literally like I tried to hold it together for all that time, and that was it. I was done. Like I didn't want to be here anymore. Mm. I couldn't. I couldn't see a way out. I didn't think life would change. I couldn't imagine like the place I'm in right now. If you told me like, seven, eight years ago, I'd be as happy, as confident, um, as productive, as motivated as I am now. Like I would mm. not have believed you. Man, that's why your story inspired me like when when you was telling me and to see how happy you are now all the time whenever i see you always happy but i think it's mainly to do because you're helping people and you've been in a place that is so low but now because you've been in that low place you want to help other people you know you want to make yeah. them feel good make them feel better that's it i feel like if i can if what i've been through can help me to help someone not get to that point i've done then i'm glad i've, I've struggled i don't feel sorry for myself um, but I feel like if I had someone like me back there who'd been there and done it, that like, I might have listened. When I got someone telling me like things will get better, don't self harm, who's just done a qualification, I, I didn't really listen. Um, but obviously, I work. I also do some work at a homeless shelter, and mm. obviously, I relate to the guys because like they literally all of them know my story. I will sit there and when when I'm chatting to them, they don't think I oh, was chatting shit. Like they can they go. Well, actually, like he's been there. Look at him now. Like we can kind of we can achieve that. I think it's it's quite powerful. Mm. Um, to yeah, so that I've actually experienced it, so they know it it can it does get better. Yeah, so I think because you've been through it now, other people see what you've been through. They start to think, "Wow, I can change myself." So, would you, do you regret anything that you've done? It's it's quite that's quite a difficult question really because I mean I regret everything I've done like I'm out there hurting people for no reason like I've done a lot of horrible things um and if I could take them back I would but at the same time everything I've done everything I've been through has led me to be the man I am now um has led me to the place I'm at now and given me the tools to help people so it's quite if I hadn't been if I hadn't had the life I've had then I wouldn't be the person I'm now and wouldn't be out there helping people so it's yeah it's kind of it's a bit of both that like I do and I don't in a way that's mm. well they always you know say I mean? like what you what you go through shapes you into who you are today all that experience and all the things you've seen and all the things you've done that has like shaped you into the person you are today yeah as, yeah, as I said if I if, if I hadn't been where I've been then yeah I wouldn't be me so I can't yeah, I can't regret my journey, but at the same time, yeah, you know, I've, I've hurt people, and, and that's horrible. And I think even though you know I've, I've I've completely changed, and I would never go down that road again. There's still a little part of me that wouldn't completely forgive myself. Mm. Would you say since being admitted to a mental health hospital is that when you fully understood and realised that what you was doing was wrong? I think. It was probably, it was before that, to be fair, but I just had so much shit going on in my head that I hadn't, hadn't dealt with, hadn't faced, that I couldn't really, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't see a way forward with it. But I think actually going there, and then when I got the help and, and done a few years of psychology and changed the way I viewed myself, um, that kind of put me at a place where I was ready to start, yeah, implementing changes in myself and, kind of start to look at achieving things that I want to achieve and go out there and do the things I want to do mm. so yeah it was the, the, the best thing that ever could have happened was going to hospital but at the same time I think going to prison was the best thing that could have happened to me at the same time 
because I don't think I would have changed if I didn't go to prison. I'd still be in that gang. I'd still, mm. and it's very hard to get out of. Like I, I don't think I would have changed. So as horrible as it was, um, it, yeah, it made me. Very, very, very difficult. So what was it like in when you was actually in prison? How long was you in there for? Um, so for, I think it was about seven, seven or eight years mm. before, um, yeah, before obviously I tried to commit suicide and then was sent to hospital. And then I was there for, I don't even know now, like six, seven, seven years or something like that. He was in hospital for seven years. Yeah, so I was there for, yeah. for a long time and kind of they started to, um, as I said, start slowly letting me go out. And then obviously I was working, but having to go back there at, at night. Um, but obviously the the process for me to, to, to be discharged from hospital, because I still had that IPP sentence over me, um, it wasn't the same as other patients where they just go for their tribunal and, right, you, you know, you're OK, you can go now. I had to be kind of assessed by the hospital just for them to think right he's ready to go but then I had to go through the parole system as well while I was still mm. at hospital um which took a long time like they were telling me I was going to be discharged um over two years before I was like promising me and then it was like oh, I was taking a bit too long but it'll be next month and then it kept going on and on mm. um so yeah should have been out a long time before that but it sounds like you had to do a lot of self-development before you was ready to come out. Yeah, there was no point in me being being released before I'd kind of dealt with shit and, and kind of changed myself because I'd just be, end up be back in. I bet it was amazing when you first when you first came out of hospital because you must not have... I think you mentioned earlier you hadn't been outside for eight years. Was that yeah, correct? I, mem- I remember, yeah, the first time... So the first day I got to, to go out, I was like on the way there. So I was walking down, walking down the road and then had to cross the road. And you know, like sometimes you've got that little island in the middle. So you cross halfway. So yeah. I looked one way, there's no cars coming. So I crossed to the middle bit. Then I'm seeing a car like half a mile down the road. <laughs> but I couldn't judge how, how long it would take the car to get like, because I've not seen a car for that many years. So I'm just stood there. I must have stood in the middle of the road for about 15, 20 minutes waiting for cars to go by. Because like, I literally, oh. and then actually walking down into town like the crowds like it was a bit like it felt surreal it was a bit mm. like it took me a while to get used to did you experience any like social anxiety or anything like that like because you obviously had to be around people for a very long time so what did it feel like when you first came about like making friends bit, or groups of people I feel like one thing that was was difficult I remember going out I think it was like it was it was, it was like summertime so it was hot and I'm out there in a t-shirt and I think I was I don't know where I was, but I sat somewhere and there's obviously people around and I felt so self-conscious, obviously like mm. scars on my arms and things. Um, and that kind of thought of being judged. Because um, mm. obviously like mental health is, it's a very real thing. It's all around us, but at the same time, not a lot of people talk about it. So nah. I feel like if people were to know that, like they're going to judge you and treat you different. So I felt so, so self-conscious that I started going out with long sleeved tops on even in the summer, like it took a long time for me to go just to own my shit. And like now I go out, I don't care who sees it, like it's, it's part of me. Mm. But it was very, yeah, it took a long time to get to get past that. Yeah, and I think that comes with it. But I think you see, you're very authentic and I think you have to be, whatever you go through, you have to be authentic with it and own it because at the end of the day, we've all got a story to tell. And once yeah. you become authentic and you become self-aware, 
then it becomes a lot easier to talk about it. Yeah, definitely. But I feel like, as I said, the, the more people, that's why I was so excited to do this with you, I think the more people hear other people talking about, about it, then they might go, oh, maybe it's not so bad for me to admit that I'm struggling mm. um, and actually get help. I think, I think for anyone, but I think especially for a man, to admit that you're struggling and need help, you kind of feel like you're not you're not a man. Like that's kind of the the way people think out there. But yeah, I feel if, if people can see me talking and see other people like you talking about your your story, they might not get to that 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 worst point. Like obviously, I could have if I wasn't cut down in time, like I wouldn't be here. But if I'd got help sooner, then you know it couldn't have got to that point. And I like to think that people hearing guys like us talking will, will, will prompt them to go out there and get help that's it because I think I always say that what I mentioned earlier about when you're when you hit rock bottom that's when you're open to the greatest change if, if men or anyone in, in general got help sooner it wouldn't get to that point but as people we leave it so long before we admit we need help or we just put it off for so long so we don't want to be labelled as mentally ill or just yeah. ill in general and then it gets to a point where we're we're so so low and then we we desperately need help yeah and it's a lot the, the, the further you go into it that you know the longer recovery is to get out of it but I think that like, if you if you broke your leg you're not going to then hide it and pretend that your leg's okay like you're going to go out there and get help like mm. struggling with your mental health it's, just, it's the same thing it's just something that needs a bit of help with for you to fix it and be, and be better that's what I'd like to say to people as well like it does get better because I've been at a point in my life where I, I thought how my life couldn't get any worse like being at breaking point of like having depression and all that sort of stuff and just thinking like you just don't see a light at the end of the tunnel but for you to see that light you have to make the necessary changes like you made I, I can imagine when you that was in prison and he's writing that note, I can imagine you could not see any light at the end of that tunnel. No. Um, but when you, I can imagine when you was in hospital getting the right help, that's when things started to unfold and you started to, to see that light at the end of the tunnel thinking like, right, I can't actually do this. I can't change yeah. my life. Yeah, definitely. I literally, as you said, that like, we got to that point where things were starting to look a bit better and I started getting hope again. And then I started looking at, right, so where do I want to go? What do I want to do? Like looking at courses and things and thinking I can actually achieve things. I've already achieved more than I ever dreamt I could. And it's only the start for me. Like now that I've sorted myself out and, and, and made those changes, like the world's just opening up. Like there's so many opportunities coming up. Um, so yeah, if, if I could look at, look at myself eight, 10 years ago, I'd say like it gets better. Like look at look at me now. Like yeah. and this is say so this is just the start. Like I've only this has only been a few well quite a few years into my kind of new life, new me. Mm. Um, and yeah, I've already I'm already at a better place than I've ever been. It sounds like you was reborn. Like to be to be so inspirational, be it like all the stuff you've been through and to still have that drive and that motivation to get somewhere in life. I think that's incredible. But would you say your sentence has caused you any barriers in finding work or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. I think I think my sentence is, is worse than a normal sentence as well, because I'm still on license now. Um, so previously it was after 10 years, 
of being um, released from prison, you could apply. If you've been if you behaved that whole time, you can apply to have the sentence removed, the license removed. Otherwise, it's the rest of your life. That, that full 99 years is either in prison or on license. I think now it's been dropped to five years. So if I'm going, obviously, I was very lucky. Like I've got, I've got a job now. Um, my boss said, like, I was open with him from the start. I said, listen, I'm going to judge you on the man you are now, not your past, but a lot of people do. A yeah. lot of people will see see a criminal records and go, nah, I'm not giving this guy a chance. Mm. Um, so there's been a there's a lot of barriers out there. Um, trying to get more involved in mental health stuff. Um, I do a little bit of mental health work now, but a lot of the jobs and opportunities, there's the, being knocked back because because I've got criminal records, which annoys me because um, I'm as I said about when I'm at the shelter, like the people, if I'm talking to someone about mental health or crime or gangs or something, I'm, they can relate to me because I, they know I know what I'm talking. I've not just read it from a book. Mm. But if I was to go for a, for a job interview um, and you've got someone who's done the qualifications or you've got me who's lived it, that guy with the, with the qualifications is getting a job. Mm. Um, but yeah, as I said, I think it's about, I look at, at how the, what I did affected me at the time it, you know, it led me to prison. But when my prison sentence finished, like that wasn't the end end of it. Like what I did then is still going to affect me now. Mm. Um, and in the future, like there's always going to be knockbacks because of what, of what I've done in the past. I think for you to still bounce back from that and the position you're in now is amazing. Like you're out there, you're helping people. You've changed your life completely. Like yeah. they say, you use a, like a blank canvas and you've just written your own story. But would you say being involved in drugs and gangs from such a young age, would you say when you was 14, you wasn't looking at the future and you wasn't thinking about how this would affect you later on in life? No, literally, I feel like at that age, you don't, you know, even, even someone who's not kind of in that lifestyle, I don't feel like you just live in the here and now. But I think, yeah, I never thought about how what I was doing was going to affect me 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the line. Like you, you wouldn't imagine it, but like it really does. Like it's like the old saying, shit sticks. Mm. Yeah. So, would you say, so if you was going to speak to someone, to people who are involved in drugs or have, that have bad mental health, what, what would you say to them? Um, I feel like, there's a there's a few things it depends kind of what their what their reason for is do, in doing it is like with me as I said it was kind of achieving that that feeling of of, of being respected and that feeling feeling good feeling of pride um I'd say like obviously there's other ways of getting it if you're kind of I don't know that it, it depends what they're, why they're doing it but um I think just looking at your looking at your future because you know, it might seem like fun and games now, but yeah, it's, it's going to affect you for the rest of your life. Um, so literally, the, it's, it's hard. I think once once you're in that situation, whether it be gangs or when it's your mental health as well, I think the further you go in, the harder it is to get out. Mm. So yeah, I just, I think showing people like there is a way out. Um, there is a way of, of turning your life around. Um, like literally a story from from when I was young like I remember I always had the fuck it mentality so one thing went wrong 
something small went wrong. Like I, I remember, like I got suspended from school. Then um, I think I got grounded, and then it was like, oh fuck it, everything's gone wrong. Like I might as well just go mad. And then I just went out, like didn't go home for days. Just went off on one. Um, and the same thing. That's kind of what led me to prison because I never used to normally just go out and, and do normal street robberies. Like I rob mm. drug dealers and I do things against other gangs and stuff. But for me to, um, yeah, I kind of got got, got to a point where I, obviously I, I, I hit someone, someone, someone phoned the police. So I was like, well, I'm going to prison anyway. So it doesn't matter what I do, fuck it. And then went out there and, and done some street robberies just because I thought I didn't care. But it, all it was doing was making it worse. But at, at the time, it was like, yeah, if one thing's wrong, it's all wrong. And there's no way out of it. But yeah. It's just was there any repercussions from any of the drug dealers that you robbed or any of the street gangs? Yeah, obviously um I had a gun to put to my head from one of them. Um was attacked with hammers, like all sorts of shit. But at the time I did I didn't really care. I didn't care about myself. I, I was guess that was, that was, was normal to you. Yeah, that was just like even even like when I was at school, you know, I go out and I get in a fight, I come home. My mum sees like marks in my face. She's like, why, why are you doing this? Why are you keep getting into fights? And I'm like, well, that's, you know, you can't avoid it. That's just life. Like, mm. you, you can't be my age and go out there and not get into fights. But it was my mentality that was getting me into that, them situations, um, which obviously I learned later than I should have. <laughs> yeah. Well, as they say, like, if you, you attract what you're thinking about. So if you're going out thinking about fighting, you, you're bound to get in a fight. Yeah, definitely. I feel like if you, you can go to the nicest, poshest area with no trouble, if you're going out looking for trouble, you're going to find it. Like you're attracting it to you, as you said. Mm. Now I go out there, I look for ways to help people, ways to make connections. And that's what I'm going out looking for. And that's what I'm finding. Exactly. Because now you've got your intentions are completely different. Like you're out there wanting to help people. And even like when we come across each other, you're only meeting like-minded people now. You're not involved yeah. in like gangs. You're not fighting. So you don't attract that into your life. Yeah, exactly. It is that thing of, yeah, you, you kind of, if that's what you're subconsciously you're looking for. You're, you're going you're gonna to find it. You're going to draw it to you. I think the thing is as well, when we live a certain life for so many years, it sort of becomes comfortable and normal and to get out of that because then becomes uncomfortable. And I feel like a lot of people avoid change. It's, it's easy to stay doing the same thing, but they don't realise that when you do change, that's when your life starts. When you become your real authentic self, and you own it. That's when the life starts. Yeah, definitely. 100%. But yeah, it was definitely good to have you on here and have a chat with you anyway. I'm hoping our conversation today and your story motivates and inspires a lot of people. Listen, if one person hears this and decides, you know what, I'm going to make that change, then that's enough for me. I mean, hopefully it reaches more people, but one person makes it worth it. So all the stuff we spoke about, tell me something real, like really positive that you're doing in your life, man, and some of the positive things. Um, so obviously, I said working at the shelter, um, I do some mental health stuff there, kind of chatting yeah. to the guys. Um, obviously, my, my main job, I work with people with disabilities and things, looking yeah. kind of to further my career down that side of things, um, potentially mental health nursing or occupational therapy. 
um that's kind of what i'm thinking about my next step is and get a little bit more involved with people mm. um also this year i'm looking to do my personal training qualification um but not to work in a gym i want to go my, my motivation is never like financial like obviously it'd be nice to have more money but it's not important um but i want to go to people's houses with body issues so maybe someone who's overweight who doesn't feel comfortable going to the gym because they think people take the piss yeah. or say a guy who's going to go in there lifting two kilogram dumbbells he thinks that like, everyone's going to rip the shit out of me and won't do it so i'll train them at home where they feel comfortable um get them to a point where they do feel confident to go to gym and then i'll be like right you, you go on and then find the next person like it's always yeah how am i going to help the next person um i said these are a few things i want to do now but mm. i think you never know what's around the corner like I know the kind of direction I'm going, but, you know, the journey, yeah, the, I don't know the destination completely, but I'm just, yeah, I'm just on this journey. That's it, mate. And as they say, once the journey starts, it only gets better. Like the path you're on now is the right track. So your opportunities are endless. And that's what I'd like to show and, and tell people that once you get better and you, you improve your mental health, you, you, you avoid negativity and you put yourself around good people, you can achieve great things. Yeah, definitely. The sky's the limit. Yeah. But it's just it's lot, about, yeah. So I say it's just about finding that, that thing in yourself and going, you know what, I'm worth this. I'm going to make this change. Mm. Would you say you value yourself a lot more now compared to how you used to? Yeah, oh, a million times, a million percent. Like, I used to hate myself. Like, even as a kid, yeah. like, I remember being 10 years old and hating myself. Mm. Um, and I feel like my, I've, I mean, I come a long way with the psychology. That was one of the things we worked on was the way I viewed myself and why do I hate myself? Um, and then kind of looking at starting to like things about myself. But I think this job helped a lot with that. Again, it's because of going out and doing something good. And when, when you see the benefits to, to, to people that you're helping, Mm. then yeah it feels so good and it just builds builds me it builds me up um and yeah it got to it took a long time before i could even take a compliment but yeah now i'm I'm proud yeah um, i never thought i'd be able to say i'm proud of myself i've made my mum proud um people around me proud so yeah yeah definitely definitely it's a very ins- inspiring story but i think when when you're involved with like negativity and, and gangs you sort of don't have that purpose and that passion you don't have anything to value yourself by and I think that's why you end up hating yourself because of all the things you're doing are so negative and all the things you're doing yeah. now because you're, you're helping people you're getting that reward you're getting that respect that you actually deserve and that's giving you a reason to be valued it's giving you a purpose and a passion in life and now you, you feel a lot better and that's why you feel better in yourself yeah definitely as I said it's just I go back to, to what I was saying about those those kind of things I was achieving from what I was doing, the, the, the positives I was getting out of it was from a negative way. But I'm getting, I'm I'm still getting those same things now, but in such a, a better way. And it, yeah, it's literally you, you can't even compare it. Like, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. That's what they say: the power of change. When you make that change to your life, how much better it is. And and that, as you was just saying earlier, the sky's the limit. You know, anything in 10 years even in five years time what what you don't know what you could be doing but you know you're on that right path so it's going to be great yeah definitely 
but yeah no it was great to have you on here anyway mate i appreciate you coming on after the chat yeah enough respect for the opportunity man and keep doing what you're doing yeah and you mate well i hope people get inspired in this and get motivated but i'll definitely keep you updated and give you some feedback all right nice and thank you man all right well i'll catch up with you soon anyway all right take care lad see you later bye mate right